It is funny seeing you here again. We meet like this. Take number two. And I'm not just talking to my lovely guest here. I'm talking to all of you because Instagram, it decided to cock block, straight up cock block our IG live right when things were getting it. I mean, things on a cancel me baby are always interesting, but we were really getting into the, you know, taboo of it all. We tried to do a live this week. And so we said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to give people the real deal, the raw dog, as I like to call it, action and conversation. And so we're shooting for you. No holds bar to really get into this today. And let me get you up to speed with a quick little intro in case you miss the shit show. Okay. So I'm here with the one Elise Basine. She's known as Elise Breeds. She's a spiritual mentor, very successful. I mentioned this in the live, but I did see her mentioned in Nylon Magazine get, getting, uh, basically giving tips to get rich, honey. That's what I'm talking about. That is like what I am trying to manifest. Elise, help me for the love of God. Uh, CEO of Elise Breeds. So the reason I'm having Elise on today, again, it's a little bit different than our usual. She's going to give a spiritual sort of view. I feel like we get so in the nitty gritty of the petty, crazy, you know, the divide and the confusion and the bullshit. And I feel like people like Elise have a way of really kind of giving it, like pulling out, helping us make sense of it all and giving almost a bird's eye view. As I mentioned last year, I had um, spiritual psychic medium, Chris Medina on, and that shit was a smash because it was the same kind of idea. So we're going to go get it going with Elise today for part to Elise, we meet again, my dear. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Let's hop right in to kind of where we were before IG and Mark Zuckerberg's minions so brutally <laughs> interrupted us. Also like coincidence, you all decide. But something that was really interesting that you said, Elise, that we didn't really get to dive into is this idea of wokeness because your work is all about having people live their authentic lives. And what I had said to you this week was, how interesting and sad because this idea of woke in theory should be just that. And I asked for your take on it and you said something really interesting, which was what's going on right now is sort of like an inverted version of reality. So yes, in theory, this should be about being all, you know, progressive and living your truth and, you know, the have nots now being the haves and all this. And you're saying basically it's ass backwards. So what did you exactly mean by that? Cause I think that's really fascinating. I always make a joke with all of my clients that everything you've been taught is actually the opposite. So because there's all this programming we receive from society of like, how things work, what we can do, what we can't do. And it's all basically bullshit, right? So what I was talking about with the whole woke thing is it's like supposed to be about awakening to who we really are, to our true potential, to aligning with what we truly feel and what we truly believe and what we know to be true for ourselves. But it's kind of been inverted into, well, if you don't think these beliefs or think this exact way or acquiesce to what all of these people tell you to do, then you're not you, then you're not woke or you, you're not in the know. And it's kind of been taken and turned upside down to make people feel bad and guilty about who they really are. And then additionally, what I think has been going on is people kind of 
making each other feel bad or wrong for having certain beliefs. But like the reality of the situation is for as long as time has gone on, people have had different beliefs, right? And people have fought over whose beliefs were, were right and whose beliefs were wrong. And I think that's what essentially we're being pitted against each other right now mm -hmm. to say, well, this belief is true and this belief is not true. But at the end of the day, I think what's actually happening on a bigger level is we're all kind of being invited to wake up to the fact that there is no right or wrong. It's about who you are and what you believe to be true for you versus there being something outside of you saying this is right and this is wrong. That is what is so interesting to me about people like you and people in the spiritual community. Like I often joke on my show that, you know, my alter ego is a witch and <laughs> I am just really fascinated um, by all of this, but I find it so interesting. And I had mentioned this this week, how even politically, it seems like you guys aren't on one side or the other, but you seem to all really get your, you know, it, it grinds your gears, this idea of whether it be thought control, like wokeness, some kind of bullshit going on right now. So what is it? Like, what is it that just pisses you off? Like, what do you think is that common thread that you guys are all like, this is not okay. And here's why. Well, to me, it's the coercion, right? So when we can see blatant manipulation of this is what you need to do, or you're not a good person, right? That obviously obvious manipulation and coercion into following a certain ideology mm -hmm. or agenda that might not feel okay for you. You know, some people, they, that might feel aligned for them and great. Do you like do what you want to do, but then to try to guilt people and make them feel bad for not following a certain way of thinking or a certain ideology. That's what I have a problem with mm -hmm. because that's manipulation and that's trying to program people through emotional manipulation to do something that they don't want to do. And that I have a problem with. And welcome to cancel me, baby, just like that. I mean, that's the whole idea of the show is to bring, you know, no matter what you believe, no matter how unpopular your ideas are, no matter how against the grain to say it, to be, to be true to it. And I feel like society is trying to tell us to do everything, but, and what's so interesting is you hear you know, skeptics and people say, well, what do you mean? You know, cancel culture isn't real. It's just accountability. You know, wokeness is in her eyes are like bulging out her head. Like, excuse me, but <laughs> that idea. And I often talk about on my show. I'm like, what are you talking about? We're seeing it in institutions across. We're seeing it in education. We're seeing it in medicine. We're seeing it obviously in politics and pop culture. It's everywhere. So yeah. how has it gotten this far and how, like, what, where does it go from here? Well, you know, I think it's not that anything is actually happening much differently than it has been for hundreds of years. I think now people are actually realizing it. That's so fascinating. I think that we have been for a very long time, in my opinion, and kind of what I've surmised over the years of kind of tuning into what's going on. I do think that ever since the introduction of the television, that we have been being manipulated, even if it's just to like buy a certain laundry detergent, right? There's a level of manipulation that has been going on for a very long time.
But I now feel that people are starting because we're having kind of a shift in consciousness on the planet where people are starting to understand things in a new way. I mean, if you look at the astrology, I think I mentioned the astrology to you the other day. If you look at the astrology and you ask any astrologer, they're all going to be in agreement that we're moving towards a huge energy. We're in the middle of a huge energetic shift on the planet and people are waking up to things and understanding things on a deeper level that they just haven't before. So I think what we're seeing is like, it's kind of like a light is being shined on the shadows that people weren't previously aware of that now they're kind of waking up to like, oh shit, there's some really fucked up shit going on here and I don't want any part of it, but it's been going on for a long time. What is your take though, in terms of the media and going on for a long time is how, you know, corrupt and how obviously dysfunctional it is right now. I mean, we all know it's, you know, pick and choose a narrative half the time. I don't even know what to believe. And I know from my experience, even though my work is in the pop culture realm, pieces that I've pitched that have really something to say and merit, but it doesn't fit their narrative. So they won't publish it. I mean, I've had it happen time and time again. I was just telling the story this week of when I uh, pitched uh, my piece about everything that went down, a Me Too story around Business Insider, Dave Portnoy. um, And again, wouldn't get picked up by anybody. Even before when I was still in Hollywood, I pitched a piece about R. Kelly survivors, what they had told me intimately. um, And I was backing them up, being in their corner, no one would pick that up and it's really sad. So why has that gotten to the point that it's gotten that is because I know that's something too that really bothers you is just how dysfunctional and biased and horrible the media is. Well, again, I think it goes back to control of information, right? So I think the way that whoever is really in charge, right, is wanting to control the narrative, is controlling the information so they can manipulate people into feeling a certain way, believing certain things. Right. And if what you're pitching or anybody is not in alignment with that narrative, or they can't change it to make it in alignment with that narrative, then it's not going to work for them. And sadly, I think that's what it's come to is there's a certain narrative. There's a certain narrow view of reality that they want people to have. They don't want people to understand what their true abilities and capabilities are, what their true power is, because if people did truly understand that, then they wouldn't believe any of the shit that they're trying to put out. So they want people to be kind of stuck in this narrow way of thinking. So anything that's not really in alignment with that they're not going to want to put out. You know, it's sad because so many people are feeling it. And I spoke this week, actually, I want to give a shout out to um, Super Connected Media and um, this mastermind class that I was a speaker, guest speaker for a QA. and a And I talked about how often, because of what you're saying, I feel like I don't fit in. I don't fit in, in the squeaky clean, you know, pop culture, entertainment news stuff I used to do. I don't fit in the left. I don't fit in the right. And it was so refreshing because so many people, I mean, it was almost a hundred people in there and they're all different entrepreneurs and media in different ways, but some work in foster care, some in, you know, women's health, some in, I mean, it's all over the map. 
And you wouldn't believe how many of them were like, I feel this on such a deep level. Like I feel, I feel like I don't fit in. I feel like I can't be heard. And this is getting a little philosophical and, you know, spiritual too. But I think a lot of us kind of, I know for me, I'll almost like, that's like the scene in the movie when you're like, why? Like in the rain, like <laughs> on your knees. Cause I'm like, you know why it feels like it's we're constantly, you know, going up this uphill battle. It's like, we have something to say, but the climate is making it so hard. So a lot of spiritual people will often say, no, people like you, you know, you're here in this time for a reason, but it sure as hell feels like the cards are stacked against you. It just feels like hard. Well, I think also if you're trying to fit into that whatever, like the media's way of doing things. Yeah. You're not going to fit in because you are actually being authentic to yourself. You're not willing to sell out. You're not willing to just say what they tell you to say. You're actually looking for the truth. You're actually looking to tell a story and be authentic to what you know to be true for yourself. And that there is no space for that in the mainstream media and in that big media, whatever you whatever you want to call it. Right. But I feel like at the same time right now, there are, we are the majority, like they want us to think right. that we are not, but we really are. And like, that's why all of those hundred people were so refreshed by what you had to say, because they're like, I hundred percent agree with you, you know, and most people know that it, they might not fully know, but you can feel it because we're human beings and we are naturally intuitive energetic, emotional beings. And you can feel, even if you don't know, and you can't put your finger on it, you know, something doesn't feel right. Something doesn't smell right. Like we all have the ability to pick up on a vibe. Like we all can walk into a party and feel that it's a bad vibe. Anybody can do that. (laughs) It's so true. I like that metaphor. It's true. Yeah. So people can feel it. Like they can feel that they're being bullshitted. And I mean, there's some people that can't, and they just want to go along with the narrative because of fear and because they're not really willing to actually take full responsibility for their lives. Right. So they just want to buy into this narrative and have somebody lead them because they don't want to lead themselves. And there are those people, but I would say the majority of the people are like, no, Do you see the tide turning though? And this is where sometimes I feel inspired, but also deflated because it is so widespread. It has crept into everything. And the fact that even by the day I'm seeing, you know, this doctor have to resign, this person in entertainment have to make an apology. I mean, it's just exhausting. And I'm like, is this shit letting up? What is the deal? Like, how have these, how has this such a narrow view gotten so much power, which I think, you know, you've answered, but does the, is the tide turning? Like what is all this? We're getting existential, but what is all this? But I don't, I'm cool with that. So I, I do think the tide is turning. I don't think it's going to look the way that we think it might look. So one of the things that I've learned, you know, just in my work with clients and also my own work in manifesting what I've manifested, I realized that anytime you're making a big change in your life, and this is all I do in my work, I help people make huge changes in their lives. And 
anytime you're making a big change and this, and, you know, we can apply this on the grander scale, right? So anytime we're making a huge change, it's never going to show up in the way you think it is. It's never going to look the way you think it's going to look. Think about, you know, when you've manifested something big, did it ever come in in a way that you could have imagined? Or did it always kind of come in in a way where you were like, oh my God, wait, that just happened. Whoa. Like it's not. So I think it's, you have to keep that in mind because it's not going to be the type of thing where, you know, the, the big media conglomerates or the politicians or anybody's just going to like come out and say, you know what? We lied to you. Like that is not ever going to happen, but I think it's going to shift in a way that we can't imagine right now, but I'm telling you right now, like there, we are the majority, like nine, nine out of 10 people that I talk to, and I'm sure you talk to feel the same way. Like they know that something is amiss and that things really need to change. I mean, you can see it, like you mentioned, all the systems are crumbling. Everyone knows they're full of shit. Like they know education is complete indoctrination. They know that the government is does not have our best interests at heart and is knowingly lying to us about shit. Same thing with the healthcare system, the medical system. Like everyone knows that for the most part. I have so much to say. I don't even know where to start. But to give my audience a little flavor and a personal story, I think that they'll enjoy of what you're talking about in terms of thinking something and manifesting it and it coming to fruition in a totally different way. I have two stories. So I'm going to get, I'm going to let you pick Elise. Okay. Should I tell the, my playboy story or my Dave Portnoy story that happened this year? Because both are things that I manifested, but to your point and the point that I want to make is they end up coming to fruition in a way that is actually not only what you didn't think, but that is better, better. for you, which is, yeah bananas yeah which one a or you you i really the the playboy is really intriguing me okay the playboy so i always had a dream of i was always obsessed with playboy and i don't know why and i don't know how and i've even joked in episodes you know when i was in high school my friends on the cheer team got me a gag gift of like a playboy logo you know poster from spencer's gifts and you know i'm like 17 with you know basically fresh out of braces and my parents are like what's going on but i was always like loved the idea of women being so confident stepping into their power um and all of this so with a really crazy turn of events, I always knew somehow that I wanted to be in it. It was just a dream of mine. And crazy enough, I was a reporter for Us Weekly, got laid off because that's media. They always lay you off. I ended up taking this side gig that I did not want to do on the side. Turns out my editor who for that side gig, I ran into him at a party a year or so later and he tells me, Hey, you know, I'm like, oh, what are you up to now? He's like, I'm at Playboy. That was crazy in and of itself. Again, I thought getting laid off was the worst thing ever. I'm alone in California. How am I going to support myself? Ends up twisting to that. And then what ends up happening is something that I never in one million years, I'm thinking like, oh yeah, I'll do a little picture in Playboy once. I ended up spearheading 
and a piece of feature they've never done. And it featured me and five other female journalists. And it was on the heels of me too. And this whole sexual, you know, revolution thing. And it was really about breaking out of the boxes and being an intellectual, being, you know, um, autonomous and also, you know, expressing yourself sexually. And obviously my whole work and my brand is always about freedom, freedom of expression and freedom of speech. So what have you, but I end up landing this six page feature about this very thing in Playboy's 65th anniversary issue dedicated to free speech. I mean, that <laughs> shit you cannot oh write. And I'm in, the, I'm in the um, play, they call it the playbook, but it's like big contributors, people. It's like, it highlights like 10 people in the beginning of the print issue. Um, and I'm, I'm there because I pitched the idea. So wow. I never in a million in the play, the Dave Pornoy story, I won't tell it. I'll tell it. I'll save it for another time, but it's a similar thing. And it ends up, you know, so I think about it in the larger context, is this all bringing us to something even better that we have no idea I completely agree with you. I think that's exactly what's happening. And, you know, what I'm seeing and what I help people do is basically release all of the old shit, all the old programming, all the old trauma so that you can literally create the reality you want to create. And the reason why I feel so passionately about that, not only because I love doing that, but also the way that I see it is that the more and more people who do that, right, the more and more people who stop subscribing to the system, who stop believing the programming, who release themselves from the matrix and create their own reality, that's what everybody's going to be doing. And all of that stuff is going to crumble and it's already happening. I'm so glad that you brought up the matrix because- this is, you know, if we were on Instagram right now, you know, our phones just may implode yeah. in our hands. <laughs> this is what we were talking about when oddly enough, you started glitching yeah. and I could not, it was like ET phone home. I could not get a sign of you <laughs> for the life, for the life of me. But I asked you this very thing. I said, you know, people in the spiritual community will talk about programming in the matrix. And then that's where I think, to be honest, that's what I call the elephant in the room skeptics might be like, okay, here we go. What is this jibber jabber? What is this? And what I said, conspiracy theory, you know, yeah, that's when it glitched. That's when exactly. So you were about to answer. Um, and so I'd love to hear your take on that. Like, how would you frame it for people who are like, yeah, okay, ladies. Yeah. So, so first of all, I just want to say like, when we talk about the matrix or programming, all it really is, is belief systems that you have about yourself and the world and the limitations of yourself and the world, right? So it's subscribing to a certain reality that, you know, you have to do things a certain way, that this is how the world works, that you have to, you know, live life, like get a job, have kids, like have two weeks of vacation, like subscribe to all of these ways of living and subscribe to all of these beliefs about what you are capable of and who you are. And basically subscribe to the belief that you're just a, a human meat suit with no soul and that you just have to like, you know, do what you have to do and be like kind of a cog in the system. Right. So, which is totally not taking into account, like 
who we really are, like a soul, an essence, like the non-physical reality, right? So when we say the matrix, that's what we say, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you bring the conspiracy theories into it, what I find really funny is that people get so triggered by this, right? When we say conspiracy theory, it's like people are like, oh my God, you're crazy. And it's like, well, why do you have that reaction? Like, what is it that that is triggering within you to make you have that reaction? Because all it is, is just ideas about things that may have happened in reality that are not acknowledged by the mainstream that may or may not be true, right? Which objectively, there's really nothing wrong with that. We all know that we don't know the full reality of what's going on. I mean, that's pretty obvious. So I guess my question to somebody who would get annoyed at that would be, why does that annoy you so much? Like, what is that bringing up within you? I feel like it's probably because it's a threat to, it threatens like the existence that we know or what you, you would call the matrix or, you know what I mean? It's like, their idea of reality, but Mm -hmm. more importantly, what I think it, what I think happens for people is it threatens their idea of who they are, because if what any of these conspiracy theories are saying is true, then it would mean that everything that those people believe about themselves in the world is not true. And they would have to take full responsibility for themselves and their decisions and really look at themselves and people don't want to do that. So it's really interesting you bring this up because here, here are my little notes. And later I was going to, but we're just going to go into it right now because you have brought this up. Um, you know, your mentoring business, I read, made six figures, I believe in a brief amount of time, which is yeah. so badass and kick ass. And On the flip side, though, I feel like our society rewards people who do the safe, secure thing. So the nine to five, you know, the four, I can't even tell you how many times a day I get from my family, from this, from that, you know, what are you doing with your life? What is it? You know, my taxes are a fucking mess. Like for anybody who's self-employed, may the force be with you, right? Like kill me. So why is that and do you see that changing because again it's like it's so odd because I do follow so many spiritual people and I feel like they always say you know the universe rewards you for following your path and doing what you love in life but it I I, and you know I never am one to sugarcoat like being on this journey it's so rewarding but it is so hard i am in it is so hard every day i'm in a starbucks i'm pitching i'm i'm this and that yet i feel like if you're at a soulless nine to five desk job you're rewarded that way so what gives you know well you know obviously you have to pick what you want to do right because when you're at a soulless desk job that literally is just you're stuck right you're not growing you're not challenging yourself you're not finding who you really are. The reason why the entrepreneurial path, especially like the one that we're going down, right? Where it's like, you're really doing what matters to you. Yes. Um, you are basically being forced to go down a personal growth journey and you're being forced to really look at yourself and deal with 
your shit, right? Your shadows, the beliefs that you have about the world, the traumas that you've experienced. Like when you every go day. down that path, every you day, have to face it. Yeah, every day. There, there's no, there's no other way. So yes, it's hard, but it's also like I always would talk about this when I first had my kids because they would be like, "Well, what's it like being a mom?" And I'm like, "It's everything. It's the worst fucking thing I've ever done, <laughs> and it's the best fucking thing I've ever done." That's so funny. And it's the same thing with being an entrepreneur. Like, yeah, it's the hardest fucking thing I've ever done, but I've never been so happy in my life, and I've never felt this way ever before in my life, you know, like it is completely, it's everything, right? But it's like the fullness of what life has to offer. And it also is a path to personal freedom. True. Amen to that. And that's the trade-off, right? Of not doing the safe, secure thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pivot a little bit because I had mentioned this (laughs) during the week, but I cracked up because your publicist, who's amazing, and I cannot wait to hang with her when she's down here in South Florida. um, She said that you would have much to discuss with all the BS going on in the entertainment industry, which is obviously my wheelhouse. Um, So before I get into, because you were also a school counselor for 10 years. So what's going on in schools right now with kids is really, you even mentioned it earlier, is really fascinating to me. Yeah. But before we get to that, let's talk about that. The BS in the entertainment industry. What do you, what do you mean by that or feel about that? God, where do we even start with this? Um, So, you know, I question a lot of like, what is actually real? Like, what are we being told that's actually real? Or that's kind of just like made up for whatever purpose that we don't know, right? So I think that's the first place I go with it. Um, where, where are we getting, like, for example, the thing that happened at the Oscars, right? We can just take that as an example. Um, Looking at the reaction to that, right? Whether it was whatever reaction it was, right? Whether it was like, that was fake, that was real. But yay, Will Smith, Will Smith is horrible. Whatever the fuck people said, it caused this complete like uproar and distraction, right? So first of all, I say to myself, what are they trying to distract us from, right? Like- I don't know the answer to that question, but that's always what my little antenna goes up because I'm just like, why, right? Why? Like there's always a deeper meaning to it. So I always question when someone, when there's something like that that goes on that everybody's talking about, why? And I'm not saying I have an answer to it, but that's always where my mind goes when it comes to something like that. Do you think it was fake? Because I definitely think that it was real. I mean, he's been kicked out. Now he can't go to an Oscars for, I think, 10 years. He, you know, all this I, I hear is you. happening. I hear you. Yeah. And I see, I see that perspective. However, I have a hard time believing it was real. I do. And the reason why is because these are actors. This is a show. Like, I... I don't want that to be the case. And I hope that it's not. And I hope that you're right, that it was real because that would make me feel better as well. But I just, my mind automatically goes to that 
And I don't know if it's my intuition. I don't know if I just am completely, um, what's the word, Let just like desensitize and think everything's fake. Maybe that's true. I don't know. I'm not going to say that I'm right or wrong. I'm just saying that's where my mind automatically goes is I just think, was it? We don't know. We're watching it on TV. You know, branching off of that, it's interesting because somebody in the, who was an audience member in the talk I did this week messaged me after and brought this up and said, not that it was so, you know, manufactured or fake, so to speak, but they said it just kind of, it was, it was so jarring and and raw and real. And I think telling of just how angry people are right now that this person said, it makes me wonder what's going on in Hollywood. Like what is actually going on? And this is the work that I tried to really, um, you know, unveil and show a different side of when I was actually in Hollywood on red carpet talking to celebrities in a way no one else was about things no one else was being almost like a peer to them showing them as you know human and even then it was really interesting because I feel like I still so much of Hollywood is so superficial and manufactured that you know kind of chipping away at that is is fascinating and it's a little unnerving because it's like what actually like are you guys okay like what is actually because you know, so much not. of it's so glossed over you know yeah exactly and we probably and I don't know if we ever will know the truth uh, of a lot of things right because it could be so many different scenarios like maybe it wasn't completely fake but maybe it was like manipulated in some way right like who knows? I don't know. I don't propose to know. I'm just saying I am open to kind of all realities around it because what I do know is that we're not fully told the whole story about most things. I do know that. And I do think there's a lot that is like hidden or manipulated or we're told things for a specific reason. Um, but with that specifically, I, I'm not saying I know my first inclination was to say that it was fake. I don't want that to be the case, really. Like, I hope that that was actually real. <laughs> so what would you say to someone, again, playing devil's advocate, whether it be in entertainment or the government or the media, and I hear you saying, you know, it's sort of, it's manipulated or it's on purpose. What would you say to somebody who's like, I don't know, that's an awfully... Um, like a cynical way of looking at it. And do people really have the wherewithal and the the planning of doing things so carefully like that for a purpose and a reason to manipulate? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, I think there's multiple layers to it, right? Like, I don't think that it's just cut and dry, like everything is fake or everything has an agenda. I do feel like certain things do though. And I feel like, um, there's a way where I also feel like, does it even really matter? You know, because at the end of the day, we're looking at this world stage, right? And we're watching this stuff. And what I like to look at for myself and my own growth is like, what am I like giving my consciousness over to that's like making me feel a certain way or making me get angry about something or making me get sad about something or making me feel enraged, like, what is it that I'm giving my 
consciousness to, because at the end of the day, when we bring it back to like this energetic shift that's happening on the planet, it's all about coming back to the understanding of our consciousness as our currency, right? Like this is the most important thing that we have is our ability to have full control over our consciousness and our energy to not be manipulated into thinking things that aren't true about what we're capable of, about who we really are, about what we have to do. So at the end of the day, I'm not trying to sit here and figure out what's real and what's not, because I think that's a rabbit hole that could be never ending. But what I am conscious of is when something happens and I'm seeing something, what am I giving my consciousness over to that I'm then now thinking about this and now I'm talking about this and now I'm getting angry about this. And is that a good use of my energy based on what I know I came here to do on this planet, which is not to get angry about like Britney Spears and is to help people wake up and create their own realities. You know, it's funny you say that because so much of the dysfunction going on right now in the media is that people getting wrapped up. I mean, there's yes. so much hurt. So wrapped and, up. Oh my gosh. And there's just, and the media feeds it. We know this, but there's yeah. so much, you know, hurt and pain and confusion and divide and suffering and getting, and people getting, you know, caught up. Um, I'm wondering your take on like a social aspect of what you think of what happened at the Oscars in terms of kind of what I was saying before, what it says about all of us being kind of angry right now Mm -hmm. and men in particular, because you talk about even the divide from that, right? Will Smith's a hero. Will Smith is the villain. A conversation I looked at is the whole idea of people saying, oh, this is toxic masculinity on display. No, it's not. He's being vulnerable and protecting his women, blah, blah. So how do you see it? Right now, and first of all, I don't want to use the word toxic masculinity. I don't even feel like that's something I want to give energy towards. I think on a deeper level, what I'm tuning into is the idea of masculinity in general, right? And I think men right now are being pushed to the extreme a little bit to kind of look at themselves because what we're seeing from a larger perspective on the planet is like this more activation of like the divine feminine, right? Where people are waking up to their intuition, their gifts and abilities, the energy that we can't see, but that we can feel, right? This is all divine feminine aspects. So the world is kind of shifting in that way. And I think men are kind of of being forced to face themselves in a way that they haven't before, right? Because men have always been like, oh, well, you're a man, so you don't have to feel your feelings or you're a man, so it's okay that you get angry, right? But the way that the world is shifting, I think men are actually being forced to kind of like look at their behavior and look at themselves in a different way. And, um, you know, For people to say that that was toxic masculinity, like, I I don't, I feel like it's like how many different fucking labels and names are we going to have for shit? Like, Uh, that's that's what I'm just like, God, like Uh, how many different names, you know, like I was listening to a, a podcast and I had to turn it off because the woman was just saying all of this, like, um, like names for things like I'm a human that believes that I'm a, a that identifies as this and that and I'm just like dude like how many names are we gonna have for shit that make us like politically correct like that whole thing not to like take it in a different direction but I feel like it's kind of the same thing where we're like oh this is toxic masculinity this is this this is that like 
like it just becomes like such a jumble of nonsensical shit and ways for people to make other people wrong when it's just like do you do your thing you believe what you want to believe live your life the way you want to live it why does that have to offend other people it is it's I that's such a beautiful way of putting it and that's why I always you know, jab at and make fun of those buzzy words, like smash the patriarchy and toxic masculinity. I'm like, give me a break. Like, and it's for exactly what you just said. It's like, everyone has to label everything, everyone. And and you're right. Now that I think of it, a lot of it is tied to like shaming or putting someone down or punishing or accountable, you know, and all this. Right. And And it's like, why do we need to shame people for not believing what you believe? Yeah. In essence, what's that, what that is really saying is you're projecting onto that person because you actually don't feel comfortable with what you believe and you're questioning it. So you're projecting that onto the other person saying, well, if you don't believe what I believe, then you're wrong. But really it's an insecurity within yourself. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, it's so funny from a social standpoint too, because the whole idea of masculinity, and then I'll, I'll uh, finish us off with the, with kids in schools, but it's so funny because it's so subjective. Like I have guy friends who are like, oh, I see. So, you know, it's toxic masculinity, you know, if it's not like Brad Pitt or this, you know what I mean? It's like, if you're attracted to the guy, then that's cool. Then that's okay. Right, that's hot masculinity, right? But if you're not, that's then toxic. You know, it's so funny. It's just also subjective. But I think that there's a point in that. You know, my one guy friend said to me, he's like, so toxic masculinity is just men being men, like men being masculine, which I thought women like, but now it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, I can see how they're confused because they're like, what the fuck? Like just exactly. It's like everything is like a counteract or an Uh opposite or it's like just ways to confuse people and make them feel like they can't do anything because they don't want to offend someone. Right. And I actually think it's gone so far. I talked about this in my episode on the heels of what happened that I feel like now on the other end of the whole toxic masculinity thing. It's like, we're babying men and like, they're falling apart like this. Like what is happening? Like case in point, it's like, they're, they're falling apart over here. Um, yeah. Okay. So lastly, Elise, let's talk about, um, again, your work as a school counselor for a decade um, and what is going on right now in schools. Cause I'm vocal on my show about, yes, about, you know, what these kids need to be and teachers should be concerned with and not. And again, this is totally polarizing and people have their different feelings. And it's, it's actually, you know, it's funny because when I spoke at that event this week, number one, I will say going to your, going into your earlier point about how most people are over like wokeness and all this, you know, I'm always a little bit reluctant to say my, my truth, because I know, again, it's not the pot, it's against the grain and it's not the popular thing. So I'm speaking to a crowd of a hundred and they are, it's men, it's women, all different colors, different ages. And I can't tell you how many of them, again, I was a little nervous. I'm like, I don't know how they're going to take this. And they thanked me. They're like, thank you. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. They took to it. So you're right. I think that a lot of people are so over the bullshit, but one of them reached me such a cool man and said, he actually, had to take his kids out of schools because he didn't like what they were teaching them. Um, all the wokeness as he called it, it was just not, and I love how he put it so beautifully. It's like kind of what we were saying earlier. It's like the opposite of like having love in your heart. It's like Mm -hmm. this, this hostility and this, you know, indoctrination as you call it. So as someone who was in these schools, you know, for a decade, 
how do you see it? What's, what's happening right now? Well, really, you know, what I would always come back to when I was working as a school counselor was, um, the entire education system is completely broken. I mean, the way that it is even set up is really like setting kids up for failure essentially. And it's also creating this paradigm of teaching kids to just follow and do what they're told because that's essentially what they want kids to do, right? Is just so do what you're sad. told, just do what you're told. And, you know, and, and it's, it's interesting because there is a level of like, as someone who worked in a school for a long time, there is a level of like, yeah, the kids do, there has to be a certain order, right? In order for things to work, right? Everyone just can't be running all over the place and screaming. Like ever there are reasons why there are rules in place and we right, follow them, course. you know, like, right. so I get it. There's that level of that, you know, and I, and working with it firsthand, like you do have to have that, but there is a level of, um, where you get rewarded for just following what you're told and doing what you're told and just being able to like memorize and recite information and there's not really too much room for creative thought and finding solutions and um, your own gifts, right? Like what I would really want a school to do, and I have two kids who are in school, and what I would really want for my kids is for their gifts to be um for, for their gifts to be acknowledged and um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like celebrated, like and, celebrated right. and, and um, for them to be able to express them and grow their gifts and abilities, right? And there is mm -hmm. absolutely no room for that in schools, right? And I know there's a lot of um, polarizing stuff going on right now and controversial stuff about like critical race theory and sexual stuff being taught in schools and all of that. I've read a lot about that. Obviously, that is highly concerning, right? But from a larger perspective, and I think this is more important, is education needs to be completely reimagined, completely reimagined. There is no space for anybody to come out of an educational experience feeling like a true version of themselves. I've given this a lot of thought, right? Because I spent a lot of time in schools. It needs to be completely reimagined where we are like fostering the individuality and creativity and gifts and abilities of each individual student. And we're teaching them how to deal with their emotions. This is the biggest problem that I have with school in general is that we are human beings. We are emotional creatures. This is how we are built is we have emotions and that's how we know things is through our emotions. There is nothing in schools that teach you anything about how to deal with your emotions, what your emotions are, how to cope with them, what they mean and how to process them. And that to me is the biggest thing that kids need to understand and know, and it's nowhere. And especially look at these days. I mean, not to end it on, you know, a dark note, but I mean, the rates of, you know, suicide, suicide, teen suicide yeah. all of it is just, you know, the bullying, the cyber bullying. I mean, it's just really out of control. And it goes into what we were saying earlier too, about just the state of the world. And, and these kids have no coping mechanisms. I right. mean, when I was a school counselor, 
I got a grant. I created this whole meditation program for the kids. I got a grant and I like made this whole thing to teach them how to meditate and it changed their lives. How do you feel with that said? Cause I'll talk about on my show, how they're talking to these kids about what I feel are adult themes, whether it be again, sexual orientation or, you know, the trans issue and all this in my mind, I don't want to seem like a dinosaur. It's like, no, no. You know what I mean? But in my mind, it's also like confusing them even more. You talk about using coping mechanisms. Like what is your take on that? Even like what's going on down here in Florida, all of that. Yeah. So no, I definitely think that kids at that age are not ready to talk about sex at all, like a hundred percent. And I think a lot of the issues that I saw when I worked in schools was that kids were exposed to things of a sexual nature way too early, which then created behaviors that were completely inappropriate. So no, like kids actually like their brain is not fully developed until they're like 20 or something. Mm -hmm. So they don't have the capacity to understand certain things and they're very easily manipulated. They're kids, they're like sponges. Mm -hmm. They take in everything and they take it on as true, whether it's true or not, or whether it is makes them afraid or not. So no, I think that's highly inappropriate. Yeah. And I feel like we need to find a happy medium because like everything, it's so divided. I feel like you have one side, like you have the right who, you know, can be prudish. And I feel like they wouldn't want, you know, straight gay, whatever it is, you know, talked about, you know, period. But then you have the left or the woke or whoever you want to call it on the other side being like, no, 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 like forcing it. No, no, no. They need to talk about these things and, or else, or else you're secluding them at all. It's like just two extremes. And I feel like neither actually makes sense. No, no. I think also that there needs to be open conversation, like when things arise. Right. So like if there is a student who feels like they are gay or, or a different gender or whatever, if that's the case, we support them, but yes. we're not, we're yes. not promoting it. Like where it's like, this is like we're, we're trying to tell people what they are, right? Like period. it would be promoting a like inclusion of everything, right? all differences because people have all different kinds of differences, not only sexual orientation, but like culturally and politically and whatever it is, we all come from different backgrounds. And yes, we should all like embrace each other's differences, but we're not like, but that's different than like promoting something that kids wouldn't necessarily think of otherwise. Beautiful way of putting it. Um, With that said, I want to talk about a chilling kind of cartoon. I feel like you would, you know, be moved by this. And do you remember during COVID in schools, they had like the kids obviously wear masks and those little like kind of like plexiglass things around each individual desk. Oh yeah. So I saw a cartoon the other day and it was like that whole setup and the kid is little kids like talking to the teacher and the speech bubble from the teacher, it says, go and think inside the box. (laughs) <laughs> so I feel like that's so telling of yeah. what's going on. And I just want to thank you, Elise, for today and for encouraging not only, you know, schools and kids, but people to move forward and think outside of the box. So as we enter, as you say, this new era and hopefully light at the end of the tunnel. So thank you, Elise. Thank you for having me. This was great.